Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We are starting with Buffalo State Professor Peter Iacobucci. Professor, thank you so much for joining us on this holiday weekend. Good morning, Joe. How are you? Doing all right. Now, uh, we saw all these uh, decisions come in last minute, and I think I asked you this exact same question last year, but I'm going to ask it again. Why do we see these two days, all these last-minute decisions made? Well, partly it's the workload of the justices. And, and so when a decision is made, you know, the, a draft of the majority opinion will be circulated around with the other justices, and then the other justices suggest revisions, and then they write, may write a concurrence or a dissent. That takes time. You know, so some of these cases were heard in November, some were heard in December, and it takes sometimes weeks, months to get it out. The court also has adopted a policy over the last couple decades of the most controversial, the most sought after cases, they release right at the end of the term at the end of June. So the end of the term, when do cases start being heard again? Um, they'll start again in early October. Oh, wow. All right. So as you know, as we have reported, there were some big decisions on Thursday, again on Friday. Let's start with that Thursday decision. I know you talked with Susan and Brian about this. So just a quick recap of the affirmative action decision. What did the ruling change for schools in America? So what it changed is, is it again tightened how schools can consider race. Um, a lot of times it's being reported that schools can no longer consider race in an application. Um, that's not quite true. A school can consider race, but only if the consideration of race relates to the upbringing of the student and how that race impacts the character or qualities of that student that they bring to the university. So what that means is it, again, makes it a little more difficult for admissions officers to consider race. It's not just a checkbox on a form, what race are you? Now it has to be specifically related to the upbringing of that individual. You know, we hear so much about this case. How was this case brought to the Supreme Court? Well, this case was brought by students um, at, uh, that applied at Harvard and students that applied at the University of North Carolina. Harvard being a private institution, North Carolina being a public institution. And these were Asian-American students that argued that their uh, ethnicity, being Asian-Americans, counted against them when they were applying to those two schools. We also saw the ruling on Friday uh, about uh, the LGBTQ. Uh, it was a request for a wedding website that was denied this in Colorado. Uh, what was that decision and what did that say? Well, this is a really interesting decision, not so much for, well, up for the gay rights issues, 
but also because the individual that owned this company, it's a single person owned company, never actually created a wedding website, never actually was asked by anybody to create a wedding website, but brought the case on the hypothetical that in the future, if a gay couple came to her and asked her to create a wedding website, and she believes that uh, marriage should only be between a man and a woman, that she would be forced to do so under Colorado's anti-discrimination law. The court normally does not hear those cases. It does not like hypotheticals. It wants a real case. And so that's one uniqueness of the case. The other side of it is the court did rule for the website designer and said, if you have a sincerely held religious belief, it allows you to evade equal protection and you can discriminate against gays and lesbians. Now, I saw, you know, uh, over the weekend, I, I, I talk about people being on Twitter too much, and then I also am on Twitter too much. I, I saw a business put a sign in the window that said, uh, with the latest ruling, we will now not allow Trump supporters in. With this ruling, does that actually allow that kind of discrimination as well? Well, it's an interesting question, because we'll have to see. Um, my expectation is no, but the, the majority opinion in that case, written, written by Neil Gorsuch, could be interpreted quite broadly that if you have a reason why you don't want to serve some member of the public, okay, and since the late 1950s, and especially since 1964 in the Civil Rights Act, we've required all private businesses to serve others, unless there is a valid reason, you know, a safety concern or something like that. Um, but this case may open the door for individuals to reject serving others for ideology, for viewpoints, for religious reasons, um, but we'll have to see. We'll have to see if these cases run through the court system. Is this consistent over the last decade with the court's ruling when it comes to LGBTQ uh, issues that have been brought to them? Well, the court has been not quite consistent on it. Back in 2018, the court heard a case um, about a, a cake maker and also would he have to make a cake for a gay wedding? And the court ruled for the baker and saying, no, he doesn't because it violates his religious beliefs. But then just two years later, in, in a decision written by this justice, Neil Gorsuch, he said that private employers cannot discriminate against gay and lesbian and transgender individuals because that would violate the Civil Rights Act and its prohibition against sex discrimination. So the court is is waffling. I, I, waffling is probably not the right word, but is uh, it's providing confusing signals to the gay and lesbian community on what is acceptable and what isn't acceptable, and can private businesses discriminate or can't they discriminate against them? The other big one on Friday was the student loan uh, that we had been waiting on, thought it might come Thursday, it came on Friday. What did, uh, what did the court rule when it came to the current uh, administration, the President Biden's student loan program? Well, it tossed out the uh, President Biden's attempt to cancel uh, up to 10000 or up to $20,000 of student loans for almost all individuals that owe student loans um, for their higher education. And the reason it did it, the, the, the opinion was written by the Chief Justice John Roberts. He said that's a question that should be decided by Congress. It shouldn't be 
an administrative decision made by the Department of Education and something called the major questions doctrine. This is something that the court has used very aggressively in the last couple of years to go after regulations and rulings by the Biden administration and knock them down. It says, look, if Congress wasn't clear, if they weren't explicit that this would have been allowed, then we're not going to allow it. It, you know, obviously for this ruling right now, the focus is on the student relief um, that was proposed by the Biden administration. But down the road for another administration, could this ruling be interpreted again or is this kind of a one time thing? No, I, I think I think that's an important point. The, every one of these decisions create precedents that could be used moving forward. So this major questions doctrine really it, it's it's shifting the balance of power between our three branches. Uh, traditionally, Congress passes a law. Many times laws are vague or incomplete and intentionally. And then we allow the administration through the, the bureaucratic apparatus to fill in the details, to write the regulations. This court over the last several years, led by uh, Gorsuch, led by Sam Alito and John Roberts, have said, we're not going to allow that anymore. We are going to, as the court, step in and make those decisions, not the president and the bureaucracy. What, uh, in your opinion, you know, now looking, the the Biden administration says they're still going to uh, attempt this. Uh, What way could the Biden administration still come through on their uh, student loan relief? Well, they do, they do have some discretion under the Higher Education Relief and Opportunity uh, Act, the HEROES Act, that was passed back in 2003. But it's going to be very difficult to get any type of major student loan relief um, without, the, without the Congress stepping in and passing a law through this court. I think, I think this signaled that the Biden administration's attempt to cancel student loans or give student loan relief to borrowers is going to be very difficult unless unless Congress wishes to act. You know, looking at we, we always hear about these uh, these cases that are very politicized, right, because that's just sure. the nature of 2023. Everything's got to be politicized. But in the last term, I mean, there were probably cases that there was everyone agreed in the Supreme Court. Was there anything in the last term that surprised you that maybe didn't get the attention that these cases got? I think the one the case that surprised me the most was the Alabama gerrymandering case. Um, this court for the last decade has very much said how elections are run, whether it's a national election or state elections, is really up to the states. It's not a national province, um, and we're going to let the states do what they want. They can gerrymander, they can they can set up districts, they can set up bowling booths they want. And yet this year there was a challenge to the uh, district set up by the state of Alabama um, that the argument was that it was restricting African-American voting rights. The court has always rejected those, especially under John Roberts. But in a 5-4 decision, the court said, no, the, the maps that have been laid out by the Republican majority in Alabama do discriminate against African-Americans. So you have to go back and redraw them. Uh, you know, we, we always hear when when these cases come out here at the end, the, 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 the three, the affirmative action case, the LGBTQ and um, the loan. We hear people come out and say justices need term limits. We need to add justices. And I mean, this goes either way. Right now you have a conservative court. But if it was a liberal court, I, I'm sure you'd have conservatives saying what, what uh, liberals are saying now. It, it seems to always go that way. Do you think there's a reality at any point in hit, uh, any point in the future that justices will either have a term limit or um, will have more justices in the court? I mean, I I would say there's a 
the best I could say is there's a very slight possibility, but slight meaning as minimal as you can uh, as think. We have to remember that this is a court um, that is very conservative. It has a very conservative 6-3 majority, um, and the court has had a majority of the justices appointed by a Republican president ever since Nixon was president in 1972. Um, but to change the composition of the court is going to require bipartisan action in Congress. And the only way that's going to happen is if both sides think that they could be successful by that change. That's very unlikely. Now, for those of you that hope that it could possibly change, it could possibly change if one of the parties gets a very significant majority within Congress, meaning more than 60 seats in the Senate. Um, that doesn't appear to be the case anytime soon. So those people that are hoping for term limits, those people that are hoping for an expansion of the number of members on the court, um, your your hopes are most likely going to be dashed. Is this the highest majority? This is just my uh, curiosity. It's at six three now. Has there ever been, you know, a seven two or an eight uh, one majority, one side over the other? Yes, and you have to go all the way back to the nineteen forties and fifties um, when we had. Um, Democratic presidents. We had FDR serving four terms. Then you had Harry Truman after him. So you had several decades of Democrats appointing every single member of the court. Um, but ever since that time, as I mentioned, ever since the four justices were put on the court by Richard Nixon, um, the court has had a relatively even balance, usually five conservatives, four liberals. What has changed recently is the ability of presidents and the people they've tasked to do it in picking the justices and making sure the justice they pick pick really is conservative, really is liberal. Um, you think of justices like John Paul Stevens, who was appointed by Republican President Ford, became one of the most liberal justices on the court. The former Chief Justice William Rehnquist, appointed um, in the 1980s by Ronald Reagan, as his term ran, became more and more to the center and, and less to the right. But now we have justices that are very, very conservative. The justices on the court right now are probably the most conservative justices on the court since the 1930s. On the other side, you have liberals on the court that are probably more liberal than most of the liberal justices on the court, except a few since the 1950s. So what's happening is a hollowing out of the center, which means there is no bipartisan compromise for the most part on the court anymore. If the conservatives can stay together, we get very, very conservative rulings. If the liberals on the court, the three liberals on the court can bring over a chief justice or maybe bring over Neil Gorsuch, then you might get a 5-4 ruling that's closer to the center ideologically. But generally what we're seeing is, especially on social issues, very, very conservative opinion. Yeah. Speaking of uh, of that, in what we have seen out of this court, who would you say are the more moderate, if 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 you can use that word, the more moderate of the justices? Well, it's interesting. The, the it's not so much ideological moderation; it's it's mindset. There there is just a recent uh, law review paper that came out that talked about the difference between ideological conservatives on the court, led mostly by the chief justice and movement conservatives on the court, led by Alito, Thomas, Amy Coney Barrett, and to a lesser extent, Kavanaugh, um, and, and how they approach their job, okay? Uh, the conservatives ideologically are to the right, 
but they respect the institution of the court. They have they tend to have a higher respect for precedent. They tend to have a higher understanding of the court's role in history, whereas movement conservatives on the court tend to want to push the court dramatically to the right and very quickly. Precedent is of almost no importance. And uh, whether the court is seen as making legitimate decisions, whether the court is matching public opinion is of no importance to movement conservatives. No one knows the Supreme Court better than him. Professor Peter Iacopucci, thank you so much for joining me this weekend. Thank you. Have a great holiday. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 